Welcome to Do You Like Scary Movies? Where we examine all things horrific. Each episode features interviews with those involved in all aspects of horror and the bizarre. Do you like creepy movies, scary books, or horror music? Join us for a look into all of the things that go bump in the night and bring a chill to your spine. Prepare to be scared. Hello, it's Brian. We're back with another show. Uh, just so you know who I am. I am, uh, well, Brian, the Rocky Mountain Paranormal Guy. Um, also co-host of this uh, crazy spooky podcast. And also the co-host, if I can say my words right, of the They Did It Conspiracy Podcast. Uh, that being said, I'll pass it over to you. Hi, I am Bob, the other Rocky Mountain Paranormal Guy. I'm also on YouTube on the Phobophile channel, where, much like we do here, I talk about spooky, creepy things. So, tonight we've got a a special guest, Steve Merlot. He is the uh, mind behind the new Sawyer Massacre film, uh, Texas Chainsaw, not prequel. Yes, yeah, so sort sort of a prequel takes place before exactly, but it's a fan film rather than an official film, exactly. which is the interesting thing. And I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. It looks like he's put a lot of research and a lot of uh, effort into it. But uh, I guess we should get into the interview with him. So that being said, let's get him on the phone. Let's do it. I always say it this way. So for the people that don't know who you are. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Steve Merlo. I am an independent fin- filmmaker and musician from Western Canada, uh, from a little town called Kelowna. I've been playing music professionally for over 20 years now and uh, got into filmmaking just under 10 years ago and uh, been loving it ever since. So the, uh, the music predates the film. What was your first instrument? Guitar. Okay. Everybody's first instrument's guitar. Piano for me. <laughs> I'm weird. You're just weird, I guess. I don't know, because, yeah, it's always the guitar. <laughs> or or the recorder. Cause, I, I guess technically <laughs> the mine was the recorder, but I, I wasn't <laughs> counting that. So Me too. So what films have you uh, been involved with in those, in those ten years? Oh... Well, probably nothing you've really heard of. Uh, only a couple have really had any uh, any kind of, uh, I don't even know if you want to call it success, but, you know, won some awards at festivals and stuff like that. But they were, they were short, uh, short films. So, um, yeah, very, very small, no-budget films. The first film I actually did was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film. Um, and that was bad. It, it didn't turn out very good. <laughs> It was my first film. I never went to film school or anything like that. You know, I, I kind of jumped into filmmaking in my thirties and um, and just kind of learned as I as I went. You know, it was just a uh, you know w- working with other people. Kind of, you know, um, eventually I I kind of got the hang of it, sort of thing. So, but I had to make some some not so good stuff before I made anything good. So the first thing I ever did that was any kind of good was this uh, the short film I did in 2016 called Unseen. And 
it was very creepy. It was a very kind of creepy, creepy atmospheric psychological thriller. And so we put it in some festivals, and it won, won a few awards here and there. I, I liked that but, one. I, I watched that one this morning in, oh, in preparation yeah. for this. Oh, I was going to say, I've seen that. Oh, cool. That's great that you guys have seen it. The, a feature-length version of that might be my next feature. That'd in be fact, interesting. I think it's very, very probable, because I really felt like there were, I couldn't totally dive into everything in that in that short and there's uh, there's so much in that short that is missed by people uh, that it just it it made sense to uh, turn the uh, the script into a feature length screenplay, and I can you know develop a lot of a lot more a lot more uh, psychological things for sure. Well, and just don't take the Hollywood method of doing a three <laughs> and a half four hour movie. Oh no, that, that's no, the trend no. these days, apparently. You know, I'm, I'm I have a long attention span. I'm cool with a long movie, but if you're going to go over three hours, you've got to give me an intermission because my bladder is not 16 <laughs> years old anymore. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have to have enough story to fill that kind of that kind of time space. I do yeah. feel like a lot of a lot of the newer Hollywood directors, it, they, I don't feel like there's enough story. It's just like let's hold on to some shots for super long and then we'll get a really long movie but in my opinion you really need that kind of epic story in order to uh to make something that long and i just don't typically see it these days i don't see that real epic story give me that epic story that really needs that time to uh to take three hours and then i'll be with you but uh i don't know i haven't really I, i've seen a lot of long movies that Felt like they didn't really need to be that long. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, speaking of long shots, I was actually discussing one with a guy yesterday. The uh, cop getting shot in House of a Thousand Corpses. That crane shot that they did. Hmm. That hmm. drags out what feels like forever. But it paid off. It was a really great shot. But, you know, it wasn't a four-hour movie either. That kind of helps. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have to ask the question... Why chainsaw? Good question. <laughs> um, well, it kind of started when I was in my well early twenties, I'll say, because uh, that was when the remake came out, and so I had never, I was not making films at this time. I w was barely even a professional musician at this time. I had maybe done a few gigs as a professional musician. And uh, so I wasn't really even an established musician at that time. Um, but, you know, I was a always a big fan of the original. Um, and again, that was a movie that had to grow on me a little bit before. It, it was, wasn't until about that time, really, that it became my favorite horror film. So I was really excited for the remake when that came out. And uh, back then, I didn't have a lot of internet, or we didn't have the, I didn't have computers or anything. So all I really had to go off of was these short little thirty-second TV spots that, that they were showing. And the one that was was always coming on had John Larroquette's narration in it. So it was like, whoa, this is this is going to be awesome. It felt really awesome. It felt like you might even outdo the original. At the, so at the time, <laughs> being very young and stupid. You know, you think this is this is going to outdo your favorite horror film of all time, <laughs> and so uh, I kind of bought into this hype that it that it could could be better than the original, 
And even when the movie started, with all that police footage and, again, John Larroquette's narration, it was like, okay, this is feeling super, super disturbing. This is going to outdo the original. Like, it, it just made the expectations that much higher. And then it kind of fell apart when uh, the kids, the, the, the youngsters were introduced and, and and they felt like very generic characters and and uh, I don't know. It kind of got back up when the girl killed herself in the van. That was intense. I admit that. And Arlie Ermey was brilliant. But there were so many things in that film that just really disappointed me. Uh, to extreme measures that have just it started to get the juices flowing on what I, what what I would actually do uh, for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Yeah, I, I so agree it, with you. It, it, it really such, started from that. Yeah, it had such good pieces in it, mm-hmm. just not as a whole. And yeah, but it was it, definitely missing something for me. It was missing an element. Yeah, it didn't. It was you're right? It just yeah. felt weird. But it's it's you know it's still uh it's still regarded as one of the greatest remakes of all time, at least in horror. Um, but I felt like there was a missed opportunity, so I always kind of carried that in my head because some of it was so good, you know, <laughs> certain aspects of it were just so good, but then these other aspects really kind of fell flat for me. So it was just it was just something that you know eventually a story came. And then eventually a story turned into a little bit of a script. And then it turned into a longer script. And then, you know, when it was a longer script, that's when I, that was around the time I met my now wife. And she said, you should just make this into a film. And so I kind of (laughs) did. Sort of. I met some people in the local area that were willing to help out and, and uh, I didn't really have the money to make a full feature film, so we did content- condense it. Um, but uh, we made we made that film for fifteen hundred bucks. I think I spent fifteen hundred bucks of my own money, wow. and uh, made a thirty-minute uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film. And it's it's something I can look back on now and say, boy, I did that. <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I don't think I was quite ready for it back then, but. Uh, you know, it was it was a it was it was a great experience for me to jump into the industry a little bit, get my feet wet, know what I'm, and, and learn as I go. Because exactly. I definitely learned a lot from that experience, and I'm learning every time I make a film. Now it's every time I'm learning something new, and I love that about it. I really do. Well, and how has the response been from the public as far as the the new version? I'll say that you're working on. Much better than it was for that one, I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty surprised. You know, uh, I mean, I knew I, I finally, I finally got the script where I knew knew it needed to be. Uh, so it took a while because I, again, kind of like the remake. I knew it was missing something. It was missing some something important, something that was going to add to the dis- disturbing factor of it. Uh, so I had to get that script just right and. You know, uh, I took it to enough people, and they, you know, consulted on the script, and they, all, everybody agreed that I had something. So it was a matter of how do I get this something uh, to have some financing behind it, and you know, it took some some doing, but uh, uh, the response as far as doing a crowdfunding campaign 
did really well. I, I just, uh, again, you know, ha having good teaser trailers and stuff like that really helped. Um, so I just, you know, I was just really adamant about making something look good. And uh, I think it does show. I think uh, I'm, I'm really happy with what uh, I've seen now as far as the film goes. And the fact that we actually got to shoot it in Texas is just, uh, I mean, that, that was a dream come true right there. Uh, you, if you would have asked me a couple years ago if I would have shot this thing in Texas, I would have thought, no way. We would never have the money for that. But uh, we did. We did. So um, thank you all to all the people that supported the film is all I can say. Thank you to everybody that supported the film because we couldn't have done it without you. So have you had any any interaction with anybody involved in any of the other Chainsaw films? Yep, we've had a we've had a few actually. In fact, our original concept trailer, I reached out to John Dugan, the original grandpa, yep. uh, just to do a voiceover cameo as a younger grandpa because grandpa in our film can still talk. Um, and you know, at first he was a, he was a little bit weirded out by it, I think, uh, because uh, at that time I wasn't sure if I was going to just scrap the whole fan film idea and make it into original project but enough people told me do a fan film so <laughs> i did the fan film uh so i think he was a bit hesitant on that uh on the fan film idea though uh because uh, you know he's got good relationships with uh, kim henkel and and he didn't want to you know b being in a fan film to 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 ruin that relationship in any way so i totally understood that so he basically said this is as far as i can go with this if you're going to make it a fan film so, I mean, I would have loved to have John Dugan play Grandpa in her film, but, um, and I'm sure to an extent he would have loved to have been Grandpa in our film, but, uh, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't make that happen, and I totally understand why. Um, we also had, uh, Ed Neal was attached to the film at one point, and we ended up losing him because, uh, I had no idea he was a SAG actor, and we, we were a non-union film. So that happens. Uh, I wish he would have told me that he was SAG right off the get-go, but, you know, you just never know sometimes. And, and that was just the way it went. His manager, you know, when it came time to sign a contract, you know, it was his manager said, is this a union project? Because um, he's a SAG actor. So I said, oh, I wish I knew that before. <laughs> but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, they don't There's think no about it. There's no hard feelings. And, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you don't think too much about it. Yeah, you just get used to uh, it. And yeah, don't really think that. And we much. also, oh, we also had an opportunity to get Alan Danzinger in the film as well. Um, I think with that, it was just too close to production date, and we we had already filled in kind of the the big gaps that we did have as far as our cast goes, and and we were trying to get him a, a you know something just a cameo role, but uh, the, I guess the dates didn't work out or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was interested. Hmm. So, so a few people from Chainsaw. We had a few people, <laughs> somewhat involved. Well, you know, <laughs> John Duke in the most, and he's a really nice person. I'll give him credit. I've, oh yeah, I've had pseudo interactions with him, and the, the only other one that I've ever dealt with was uh, Gunner. He was, he was a really really cool guy. It's hard to believe. He I've was heard behind, that multiple times. Yeah, it's hard to believe he was behind that mask because. In, in normal day-to-day -day life, he was just the nicest person. Tell That's you, what I've heard many times. 
Yeah, tell you give him a chainsaw, then he'll kill you. But <laughs> yeah. it was good with that chainsaw. Absolutely, he invented the chainsaw dance. Yeah, quite literally. Uh, Pretty much. So, give us the the thirty second uh, uh, breakdown on what is the film? What are we gonna What are we gonna see? What do we expect out of this? Well, without spoiling too much, you know, it's a it's a film set eight years before the original. Uh, it does include every every single family member, but uh, definitely don't look at it as a prequel in an origin sense because you know it's not like something that's going to dive into uh, all the reasons why this family of cannibals, uh, you know, decided to start eating people and and all that kind of stuff. It's not going to get into that. It's a very different story. It really follows the uh, the story of our protagonist and and his friends and friends with him and uh we got a different story very very different story (laughs) but the family's in it and there's a little bit of there's a little bit of uh i don't want to say origin stuff but you get but again like grandpa speaks in our film so you get that uh you get a little bit from him that you never got from the original well and in the original he was so old he was a vegetable yeah he he didn't do (laughs) anything he couldn't hold the hammer after all Exactly. He tried. <laughs> he tried. In in one of the most disturbing scenes ever, but he tried. It's super disturb. I mean, there's so much about that that was. I knew I couldn't recreate it. You know, there's no no sense in trying to do that with Grandpa and trying to deliver this the same Grandpa we had in the original. So it felt like, how how do I have Grandpa and and not spoil what we had in in the original because. I think what we had in the in the original, as far as Grandpa goes, for half the time he's there, you didn't realize he was actually even alive, you know. So it's it's a real shocking moment when, when all of a sudden he's sucking on Sally's finger. So if you watch our film and then watch that one right after, because there's an eight year gap, you could believe he's pro- you could go into that and you would think he was dead because he's pretty old in our film too and. That film is set eight years after. You could think he was totally a corpse in, in that movie. So I didn't want to try to recreate him in that way. So I thought uh, giving him some dialogue and giving him some context uh, definitely uh, made the character interesting in a good way. I, I want to hear Grandpa good talk. That, that could be oh, fun. He says, he, says some, he says very little because <laughs> uh, he can't get out a lot of words at once, but I think what he says has a lot of power behind it. The other question I have: How do you cast somebody as Leatherface? Yeah, that's that's funny. You know, it, it was the first person I basically cast. Uh, I remember I was I I put out a casting call when we were doing our first concept trailer back in 2019. I needed somebody big, and the first person that called me was a big guy, but he was you know like 70 years old. And he's like, I can barely walk. And, you know, I, I thought, well, it's great that you're six foot six or whatever, but, and big, but uh, I need somebody who can run with that chainsaw. <laughs> so, and then an actor friend of mine uh, who lives in town said, I know this guy from the, the town over uh, that's really big and he could, I think he can do Leatherface. He's a, he's a musical theater kind of guy, but <laughs> so he's very different. He's done a lot of musical theater. And, uh, you know, I talked to Scotty on the phone the first time, told him what the role was, and he was telling me all about the, 
the musical theater he does and and then he gets into all this nerdy stuff that he that he's into and he's like he's big into star wars and star trek and he just he's a big talker <laughs> you know he's a great guy but a huge talker and uh, you know i told him what i need what you know asked him if he could do this movie and he said oh that sounds amazing he was just you know thrilled about it and uh you know i we did we did the 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 trailer with him the first the very very first promo trailer and I just needed to really see whether he can really kind of do some interesting physical mannerisms. And, you know, he sold me. He sold me. I wasn't sure at first because I thought he was just too too nice and too... Uh, <laughs> he, he was, I mean, kind of like Gunner in that way where he's just an overly friendly guy and and uh, not as quiet as Gunner, though. Gunner was more quiet, whereas Scotty is just, he's the guy that can talk your ear off. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that would be difficult because that's a yeah. that's that's a classic role. It's it, a classic role. It also has some physical demands in terms of both performance oh yeah. and just size. Just being big, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was tougher. He 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 really struggled in Texas. I'll tell you that. Uh, he made it through. He's a he's a trooper, but uh, he's a little older than. Than uh, you know, I would have liked. He's he's forty or forty years old, and you know he's still in pretty good physical shape. But he's a big guy, and and he had a hard time car- carrying around that chainsaw. And uh, it was a heavy chainsaw, though. the The chainsaw we use is about probably two to three times heavier than an average chainsaw. So uh, I give him a little bit of a break on that, but uh, you know, because it was damn heavy. Uh, but it was physically demanding, and he had to get himself really covered in blood and and sweat and whatever. It was really it was really tough for him. It was really tough, but he pulled through. <laughs> Got so, some good so, memories of that. So <laughs> you needed a prop chainsaw that was hollowed out so he could carry it. And... That would have been nice, but that wouldn't have sold on our Indiegogo campaign. Probably that's, we needed something authentic. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I'm amazed. Yeah. You you say chainsaw and and we have a real chainsaw that a lot of people want that that reminds yeah, me it was, of a, a, it was a real chainsaw it was a loud one too I don't think we you know I don't I don't think we used any shots of it when it was actually live like started up when it was actually running like all the, that stuff we're dubbing into the movie there might be one or two but I don't think so because uh, it was so loud, especially interior. And when oh, we're in, in a small yeah, room and you ooh, they're louder kill your you ears. Think. That one was. <laughs> it reminds <laughs> me of a few years back, well, probably 10 or 15 years back at this point. For Halloween, I was hiding behind a, a black curtain on my front porch. And when, someone oh, wow. would, when a trick-or-treater would ring the doorbell, I had the chainsaw and I would rev it from behind the curtain and jump out. That <laughs> was a That was a lot of fun. Well, and that's why the chainsaw scares become so popular. You go to a haunted house, that the last thing's the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> now, I, I will say, uh, kind of uh, along those lines, once I had the opportunity to take some horror stars to uh, a haunted house, and I proceeded to watch, um, you know, Jonathan Breck. He played the creeper in Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Him, oh, okay. Him and Douglas Tate, who's had the honor of playing both, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, he's played Jason and Michael at this point. 
but uh, two big, big guys, big horror movie stars, and when they got to the end of this, where they had the chainsaw, they were scaring the guys with the chainsaws. It was <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I watched like these young actors running out at the back end of the haunted house with their chainsaw just terrified because these guys were chasing them were they, were they in costume or how, no, how are they doing no they were just naturally intimidating that's impressive yeah it, it was fun there you go <laughs> but no i'm i'm really looking forward to this uh when are we looking for a release uh sometime in october we haven't made an official release date yet but uh we're looking for somewhere in mid-October-ish at this point. We will have an official trailer fairly soon. And I'm thinking of probably putting the official release date on that. Um, ex- I would probably expect the trailer by mid-July. Um, and so the, the official release date will likely be on that. When it comes out, how are we going to be able to find it? Uh, it'll be on YouTube. And we're going to put it on some other streaming services that are free for anybody to watch it on. Uh, you can still order it on DVD, Blu-ray, VHS. Those won't come out till next year, unfortunately, though. Um, but those are available on our Indiegogo as well, as well as digital download. If some people don't like to have physical copies of the movie, they just want to download it. That's available as well. I don't understand so, that. No, neither do I. You don't I. understand? I, I, want, I want things. <laughs> yeah, I've... You like the, having things. <laughs> well, the problem is, and I, I've run into this a lot, of I want to see this movie, and it's not streaming anywhere. And it probably never will be. But I can go over to the cabinet and grab the DVD of it and watch it. So, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Well, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine that is a director, and one day he was all excited because he says, well, we finally got it streaming. And I said, where can I buy a copy of it? And he said, you can't. It's just on streaming. And I said, how can I have you autograph a copy of the stream and put it on my on my bookshelf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just yeah, not the that. same. And I mean, like it's you said, we're, even, we're doing VHS now. Yeah. And yeah, we've got VHS on our, on our... We haven't sold a lot of VHS. I thought we'd sell more of it, but... That's okay. Blu-ray is, is still the number one seller. I don't know how many of those... We, probably 150 Blu-rays by now we sold, but... Uh, wow. DVD is not too bad. DVD we've sold probably around 50 altogether. But VHS, it's like 8. <laughs> I think we sold only about 8 VHS, maybe. Wow. So... I mean, uh, those are guesstimates, mind That's you. I haven't tallied exactly the numbers, but, you know, Blu-rays were huge, and DVDs were pretty moderate, and and uh, VHS, I thought, would sell more, but, uh, hey, it's all good. Yeah, ever, there's this I weird... I think they're good collector's items, you know, more than anything else, the VHS, because yeah. they look so... They're so horror. Like, VHS horror is just such a... I don't know, so that's why I put them on the campaign, and... <laughs> it's a weird little niche market that's really I, I think it's starting to pick up it the vhs market yeah 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 I, i'm not sure I, I feel like with something like the vinyl records the difference between sound quality wasn't quite as much as the difference in quality between vhs and blu-ray well that's true too so i i, I think it might be a harder sell but but i am noticing a lot of these crowdfunded uh, yeah. low-budget horror movies are putting out the VHS copy. 
Well, and even last year, um, Adam Green put out uh, the Holliston Christmas special, and the only way you could get it was on VHS. That's <laughs> the only thing they offered it on. Really? So it's like you can get it autographed, and we'll send you a, a videotape. And hope to Christ my VCR still works. Yeah, I don't even have a VCR anymore. So. I've, I've got one in my garage somewhere. <laughs> well, and that's the thing I'm learning, you know, with the streaming is people, they don't even have Blu-ray or DVD players anymore. I don't understand yeah. that. But less but and I, less. Yeah, I, I cannot do that. There was, there was some question that I had just burning in my mind earlier today, and it's it has left the building. Well, while you're, oh, while you're thinking of that, I've got I've got one. I'm Shoot. interested in the experience producing a fan film. Have you run into any uh, objections from the the producers or studios of the originals? I have not. I mean, I I I, I did kind of reach out to them to ask permission and all that stuff, get have their blessing or whatever, and let them know nothing would be, uh, no money would, no profit would be made off it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I never, never even got a response back from that. So it's been a whole lot of nothing from, <laughs> a that, whole lot of nothing from that. That <laughs> may be sort of an unofficial way of giving their blessing in the sense that they can't That's actually, the way I took it. <laughs> they can't actually officially do it because they, they want to make sure they're protecting their copyright, but also they're not objecting to it, so that's kind of an unofficial yeah. do what you want to do. Yeah. No, I'm really looking I know forward. this. Uh, somehow somehow Kim Henkel and Toby Hooper's names got added to the IMDB as writers uh, to the film, so I've, they must know about it. I mean, oh. Toby, obviously, but you know. They must know about it, though. To to some degree, they 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 have to know about it. But uh, nobody's reached out to me, and you know, there were times I thought, I wonder if I'll get like a cease and desist letter, letter or something like that. And never got anything. Went down to Texas. I, I know that there's a lot of people down there in Texas that know these, know Kim Henkel, know all. The, you know, never heard anything. It was uh, it was one of those things that. Uh, I guess they just don't care. <laughs> well, I, the horror community is something that's a little bit different than most other productions. True. That, that It's a really tight-knit, good group of people, generally. And if you do generally. something like that, they really think that it's, you know... it. it it's a thank you to the the original movie. It's a, you know, you're, you're dedicating this to them, not not trying to rip them off. Exactly. Yeah, that's the way I look at it, and I hope that's uh, the way Kim Hankel looks at it too, because uh, uh, I think that uh, he's uh, he's made horror history, and I just want to honor you know his legacy. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, other than the one that we discussed, what other films do you have in the pipeline? Thinking about making? Oh, <laughs> a lot of them are untitled. Uh, there's another one that there's another film I have that uh, it's a, again kind of psychological. That's usually my kind of go-to, more of the psychological psychological slasher than the uh, you know exploitation sort of thing. But uh, but uh, one that uh, it follows a family in the woods and they get lost. And so I don't want to dive too too much into that because it's it's. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's unfinished, and uh, 
and uh, there's a lot of uh, twists and stuff in that in that film. But at this time, it's untitled. It sounds well from what, from what little you've been able to say so far. It sounds like my sort of thing. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it didn't give you much. Family in the woods. Well, so psychological slasher is about all you needed to say to get my ears yeah. to perk up a little bit. <laughs> you've got two horror junkies here, so. Yeah, if yeah, if if it's I love psycho, I like to play with people's brains a little bit. Let's well, just say that I think even even the Sawyer Massacre does that a little bit. Well, and it, I mean, it, it, it should anyways. You really have to think about the psychological <laughs> part of the uh, the original Chainsaw. I mean, when oh, people yeah. came out, <laughs> the I mean, the terror that was in it was just mm-hmm. off the charts. And yeah, nobody the, was expecting that movie. Well, and the implied violence, yeah. but there really wasn't any. You know, people would walk out yeah. and they're like, that was the most disgusting, gory movie I've ever seen. And it's like, go back and look at it again. Yeah, not all that much. Yeah. yeah. There's, it's, A lot of it's the way it was shot, you know, and the, the, the locations they had, uh, the, the set design they had. I mean, it really adds so much more to that dirty, gritty feel. It uh, really again, that's one thing I really wanted to capture in our film is make sure we had really authentic-looking locations that felt really dirty, old, gritty, and uh, make sure our costume design felt that as well. You know, Leatherface needed to look really dirty and grimy, and yeah, I don't know. It's I I think that's that's one of the reasons why people see it as so gory is that it just because overall it's such a you know dirty looking movie you know he's people sweating all over the, the the whole time and you know so you just really feel all that absolutely and the sound design don't forget oh, the sound design the sound, in the original holy crap <laughs> the sound was amazing i mean Ugh. yeah i mean especially the opening credits yeah you can't hear that that entire opening sequence and not just it, it's a classic yeah yeah so. And it's hard to explain to people if they haven't heard it, but... Oh, I know, yeah. And every once in a while I'll be watching a movie and I'll hear something that sounds very similar to that. I'm like, hey, hold on. That's Chainsaw. That's not That's not you. <laughs> yeah. So how did you find or why did you go to the length of going to Texas for, for locations? Other than it's cool to go to Texas <laughs> for locations. <laughs> um, authenticity is, is obviously the biggest reason... And I did feel like uh, where I where I live in Western Canada, we really just don't have that same feel here. Uh, it's very mountainous, lots of forest, mountains. It just doesn't feel like Texas. It really doesn't. Uh, and if I went a little bit way, a little ways away to the next province over, yeah, we got more flatland and stuff there that could have worked. But I just kept feeling like if I'm going to travel to make this film, why not just go all the way to Texas and, and do it? Do, if you really want authenticity, go to Texas. And I don't know, it was important to me, but at the same time, if I absolutely couldn't afford to shoot the movie in Texas, I would have shot it in Canada. Uh, I would have made it work. It wouldn't have looked as good, but, um, you know, we would have made it work, but... Uh, at the end of the day, you know, I ended up casting people in Texas uh, without even knowing for sure if I was going to shoot there. 
And a lot of this cast, though, that we cast down there, they were super, super supportive. They really wanted this this thing to happen in Texas, and it became that almost actually, like I don't want to let these people down. You know, I, I want to <laughs> make sure we shoot there because all these people are really excited to be a part of this film. That makes sense. I think so. this is the sort of thing that I think Texans like. Oh yeah, and they oh, yeah. they, they want it to be in Texas. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people people down there are upset at the fact that they keep shooting these movies el- elsewhere, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. I don't, I don't really quite understand the Hollywood reason why they have to shoot in Bulgaria or L.A. or whatever. I mean, I mean, a part of me knows, but the fact is that they have the money to shoot it in Texas, so why not shoot it in Texas? I know it, it, it is going to cost a little bit more to shoot there, but you're just, I don't know, you're sacrificed so much, in my opinion. I don't even know if it necessarily would cost more to shoot in Texas. I think it's maybe just more of that Hollywood well, bookkeeping. It is. A little bit. A little. I mean, apparently Bulgaria is super cheap to shoot in. Um, apparently. Uh, like permits don't exist there uh your uh people your basically your crew that like you look at the the last film it's like 95% of those names are bulgarian that worked on that film uh cheap labor the le- labor is so cheap over there so i mean there's it is a money thing but when you have 10 million dollars to shoot a film i don't know to me there shouldn't be any excuse well, that you should they, be shooting it in Texas. They, they got <laughs> you know. a lot of grief for shooting it over there too. I, I hope they did. They should. Uh, I think they should get a lot of. <laughs> they well, should because they really did. It shouldn't I mean, be shot. There. Average Joe public shouldn't know that's where it was shot. They should just be going to see a chainsaw film, and it's like there's this uproar about where it was filmed, <laughs> which, you know that that shows a lot about the, the support of the fans. Now, yeah. I wonder if it would have been the same if it had been any state other than Texas, because Texas takes itself seriously. Oh yeah, they. I think one of them was shot in Louisiana, so it was very close. I, I think that was Texas Chainsaw 3D, the 3D one. Yep. Uh, it's close. It's one state over, I think. It, yep. Still not Texas. At least it's the South, but it's not Texas. Still not Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know why they they did that too. I don't know why they shot in Louisiana instead of. Texas. I, I don't get it. Well, Louisiana is a wonderful state, but it should have its own horror movies. It's exactly. a different culture. Yeah. Now, while you were down shooting in Texas, did you get the opportunity to stop by all of the uh, original spots? Not all of them, actually. Just as far as I know, just the gas station. But there was a. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that. Um, I I believe we came across the cemetery as well. At least I'm. 90% sure it was the same cemetery. Uh, and we drove by the remake house pretty much every, almost every day that we shot because it, it was on the way to our main location. Uh, so we drove by that every day. Um, pretty much every day. So but that's about it. I didn't get to go to the house in Kingsland. Um, never had, I had that opportunity to go there. Uh, what else? How was the gas station? I've been really tempted to to see that. It was it was pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty surreal to be there. It's like you're, we're here at the gas station and we ate barbecue there, and so it was think, it was pretty neat. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it was barbecue. What was it made of? You know. It's true. <laughs> hey, if you're talking no, about Texas barbecue, I don't even care what it's made That's of. That's true. <laughs> if it's good Texas barbecue, make it out of any meat you want. Exactly. So says Farmer Vince. Just don't ask. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I do believe we're coming up on the top of the hour, as it would be. Um, so. Can you uh, give a shout out to all of the places that people can go uh, give you some money to help fund this? And uh, sure, we'll see what we can uh, do. Our about. Indiegogo is still up, uh, so we'll look up the Sawyer Massacre on Indiegogo. You'll find us, and uh, that's basically where we're funding right now. Um, after our Indiegogo is over, we're still selling tickets to our premiere. Uh, which is going to be on August 26th in Austin at the Austin Film School. So uh, tickets will continue to be available after our Indiegogo has ended, but uh, tickets are still available on there as well. I'm going to give you a suggestion for those of us that don't make it to Austin. You need to make a commemorative ticket. That's not a bad I, idea. I would, I not would, a bad idea. I would be on in line for one of those because it would be nice to hang with the rest of the chainsaw yeah. stuff around here. I'd be in line to go to Austin, but I'm just not sure if the pocketbook's going to allow. Exactly. I can buy a commemorative <laughs> ticket. I can't buy a plane flight to Austin. I would drive, but same. How far away are you guys? Uh, Colorado. So that's probably uh, that's a day's drive. Yeah, basically, it's a day's drive. Yeah. It's a bit. Yeah. Hey, I'm coming all the way from Western Canada, though. So. Exactly, yeah, you're, you're three <laughs> yeah, times farther than, than you are. Yeah. But <laughs> now, looking forward to the film, uh, keep everybody in the loop as far as uh, how it's going, and let, let's get this thing out. I need to see it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it yeah, as well. Yeah, well, it's getting close. Uh, I think we're this close to having picture lock, so excited about that. Cool. Very, very excited, yeah. Well, that sounds good, and great talking to you, and... Well, maybe we'll check in with you when it comes out. Definitely. Thank you so much. Well, well, I really you. appreciate that, guys. Thanks for being on the show. Talk to you next time. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Brian and Bob. Yay. I want to see the film. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm not usually a fan film sort of guy, but that well, one's exciting. Well, this is like a level above fan film. Yeah, this, this is not... This is a fan film that actually has some uh, some juice behind it. Exactly. So, uh, all that being said, we're, uh, we're we're done with this one, and I do know who our guest is next time. <laughs> uh, our, our buddy Jeff, who's coming out with the film Essence, and uh, that will be released next week sometime. Ish. Ish, yeah. So, stay tuned for that, and after that, who knows, we got a whole bunch of people in the pipeline. I have more people scheduled than than time to do it which is good yeah it's a good problem to have so uh any parting words uh watch more horror yeah exactly read more horror play horror just, games just more horror be creepy yeah well talk to you guys next time take care <laughs>